Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Vanderbilt football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Here in the Music City, I'm your host, Matt Perkins. On today's show, we're going to be taking a look at the addition of Ted Roof to the coaching staff of the Commodores. And to do so, I am joined by my good friend, Coach Corey Burton. Coach, how are you feeling today? You know what, Matt? I'm feeling great and I'm glad to, I'm glad to join you and uh, I'm excited. So let's let's get going, man. Before we get going, we got to remember to. Uh, obviously, there are going to be a lot of changes in the upcoming season due to COVID, social distancing, and the like. So we really can't be sure of much. However, one thing that we can be sure of is that the Commodores will have a very new and different look when they are on the field this year. During the offseason, Coach Mason fired both uh, Gary Gadowski and Jason Tarver on December 28th, which I must say was a bit of a strange time to relieve them from their duties. A week later, the team announced that Coach Fitch and Ted Roof would take their places. With these hires, Coach... With these hires, Coach Mason is taking a bit of a different approach than a lot of other programs. He's clearly going after experience. Together, Fitch and Roof have a combined nearly 70 years on the college sidelines. But today, we're going to look at Ted Roof on the defensive side of the ball. He comes over from Appalachian State, having led the Mountaineer defense to top 30 finishes in most of the major defensive metrics, including total defense, scoring defense, rush defense, passing efficiency defense, and third down conversion rate against. That comes on the heels of a year just down the road at NC State, where his defense was again top 30 nationally in rushing defense, third down conversion rate, and red zone defense. Previous to that, he spent five years as Georgia Tech's defensive coordinator and also was the coordinator of that Auburn team that won the 2010 national title on the back of Cam Newton. He'd probably like to forget his 6-45 record as the head coach of Duke in the mid-2000s, but despite the poor record, his defenses always outperformed the offenses, and those Georgia Tech teams routinely ranked in the top 30 nationally. So coach, one of the things about Ted Roof that jumps off the page when you look at his resume is that he's a chameleon. And I think that's I think that's kind of where I think it kind of almost has the opposite effect sometimes because I think he because he doesn't have a true identity, I think that gets him in trouble sometimes. When I think he's a pretty good recruiter, and I think that I think he does well with that. But you know, when he strikes lightning in a bottle, it's it's you know it's good news. But when when he when he goes to a place like Georgia Tech, where it's hard to recruit, or he's at a place like Duke before. Before Duke became the Duke that we know now, 
you know, he doesn't really shine because he doesn't really have that thing, that hat hanger. You know what I mean? The thing that surprised me most about his time at Duke is the fact that he his worst statistical defense was the season that they uh, I think it was lost to Florida State in the ACC title game and played in the uh, Orange Bowl, I believe, and beat Mississippi State at that Dak Prescott team. Yeah. You remember that? I think it was 2014 or 2015, one of those two years. Yeah. And, you know, that statistically, like, they were only, like, 81st in total defense that year. But the team still ended up, like, 11-3. and They were very opportunistic. They they took advantage of different field position stuff. They were were really aggressive that year. And a lot of times we're – you know, they, they would have those feast or famine type plays um, where they were super aggressive, especially on third down, and they come after you. And sometimes they get burned and sometimes they burn you. It's a high risk, high reward type system. And um, that was the system. That's, I mean, that's not necessarily Ted Roof. That's just kind of what he felt like he needed to do that year with that group because he knew he knew statistically he wasn't going to be all hold up playing playing base defense. I think a lot of what Roof really tries to do is in, in a lot of ways he gets into these feast or famine situations. His defenses are always near the top in tackles for a loss. Like if no matter where he's at, when you look, I mean, he was the defensive coordinator for that 2010 Auburn team that won the national title um, behind Cam Newton. And uh, they had themselves a a pretty good D tackle there too. I believe at the time uh, who got drafted by the lions. I'm blanking on his name right now. Nick Fairley. Yeah, there you go. He makes Indomitian Sue looks like, look like he plays fair. I mean, is quite an indictment. Yeah. He's a cheap shot artist all right coach so tell me what is ted roof going to bring over schematically that he learned during his time at appalachian state yeah like they play like i'm watching app state right now and every defensive clip that i've seen they play this uh where they roll they play they have a too high look and it's almost like they roll into like a cover three robber type coverage they've Mm -hmm. done it every single time and let me guess, they're overloading one side. Yeah, and I can't tell. I can't tell sometimes if they do it field boundary or if they do it uh, strength of formation because it's unclear at sometimes. But yeah, they overload. Uh, well, I mean, obviously you have you 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 have to. Um, I mean, you have to switch it up. You can't just be like the same every single time. But you know, he. You know, I, I do think one of the things about Roof is you know he has a lot of you know time. He's seen a lot of football in his life and he can prepare kids to you know uh against any sort of scheme that's going to come your way because he's been around he's coached in a bunch of different leagues he's been uh in a bunch of different you know locker rooms and situations and he's seen a bunch of different talents and i feel like he is the kind of guy who does maximize the talent of the guys who are on his team and you mentioned his deficiencies as a recruiter earlier and while i would agree i would say that what he does bring to that is he does get the most out of the students that do get on campus and i think that you know i i I feel like 
you know, to combine him with Derek Mason, who I feel like is a lot of, you know, fills in for a lot of the deficiencies that uh, he has. I think they could be, you know, a, a very solid defensive combination, if you will. Yeah, I mean, they were they recruit the same. He's good at like when I say he's good at recruiting, he's not going to pull in four or five, four and five star. No, but he, pull, he, he pulls guys that fit the program. Yeah, he knows he knows exactly what type of player he wants, which which is an advantage to him, which is why he's been relatively successful in what he does. Um, and, and that's kind of where he where he goes. But I think and Derek Mason's the same way. And I think, yeah, I think they're going to be a good complement to each other. I think he will do well or as well as you can do at a place like Vanderbilt. And I don't think they're going to win the East anytime soon, but you know, I think they're going to, uh, I think they're going to do well defensively. I think they're going to do well statistically defensively, um, especially on havoc plays like tackles for loss, turnovers, stuff like that, because they play super aggressive. But uh, like here, here's a look right here. I'm watching this North Carolina game, um, and they're almost in a they're almost in a three three stack over, and they're overloading the three by one. They've got basically three on three to the trips and two on one to the solo guy with a six man box. So, but you know, it, it's interesting because when I think of his move to Appalachian State, that might have seemed like, in you know, a, a, a questionable move, you know, and almost a uh, almost a step down going from North Carolina State. But you remember he came over with Eli Drinkwitz. It's a step down in the sense of FP, you know, FPS Power Five to Group of Five. But I think program wise, you know, App State is an extremely well-oiled machine. Um, even though they play in the Sun Belt, I would say as a program, they are a more functional, competitive program than NC State is, um, than where he came from. So I, I think he I think he is, uh, I think that move will ultimately pay off for him because I think he is, you know, I think that kind of helped rein him in a little bit and understand that, you know, hey, I, I can be, you know, I don't have to be quite so feaster famous. So I'm curious to I'm curious to know what that does for him. One of the things about Ted Roof that he does really well is work with whatever the talent is on hand and get the most out of them. And I think that there are a couple of guys on the defensive side of the ball for the Commodores that could really benefit with uh, his schemes. And I'm actually looking uh, a little bit more towards some of the guys in the uh, defensive backfield, uh, starting with uh, a couple of safeties, Brendan Harris and Alston Orgy. Um, you know, uh, these guys have both been around uh, for two seasons in the program, and I think that they might be primed to break out here in, in 2020, uh, potentially as the starting safety pairing. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's start with Brandon Harris. He he comes from a good pedigree. Uh, the high school program he came from, private school in Chattanooga, they play at the highest level uh, in, pri- in the private school division in the state of Tennessee, the Baylor School, and uh, it's a great program at developing talent. Uh, the, their neighbors down the road, Macaulay, also a great private school program, both boarding schools, actually. Uh, that develop talent pretty well, and they're they're good, well-run programs. So, 
it's not like he is coming in extremely raw, which sometimes you get that with high school recruits, uh, depending on where they're coming from. So, but Brendan Harris came in at 6'2", about 195, big frame safety, uh, super athletic, super physical, uh, great in the run game. And I think he will do well um, in a very physical SEC. And, and that's what you need in this league at the safety position is you need those kind of thick, big guys uh, to come down and, and, and make some tackles, kind of like what Jacoby Stevens brings uh, at LSU, uh, kind of like what, uh, you know, you're starting to see a trend with, with safeties. They're, they're getting a little bit bigger. You're starting to see kind of a niche for those box guys that, you know, with Ted Roof's scheme, he plays a lot of cover one. So Brendan Harris, he plays a lot of one, one high safety or cover three or, you know, any single high type schemes, whether it's a robber type coverage, whether it's a straight cover three, uh, week three, cloud, whatever, whatever you want to, whatever you want to throw out there in those single high schemes, we could, we could do a whole show just on single high uh, coverages. But, you know, Brendan Harris kind of is that low safety. If, if they're spinning down to the weak side, he's probably going to be the strong safety that spins down um, and run support. He's the guy that's coming across the intermediate middle um, in the, in the, in their base robber coverages. Um, and, and he's the guy that's going to kind of wreak havoc around eight yards around the box, you know, and, and he's going to be that type of player. So um, Matt, I know you, you were kind of looking at Austin uh, orgy. So why don't you tell me a little bit about him? Austin, the older of the two uh, orgy brothers who are at Vandy from Rockwall, Texas, you know, he's a guy who came in as a outside linebacker. They weren't, weren't really sure where he was exactly going to fit in. Could he move back to safety, uh, stay, you know, he might not be big enough to, especially, you know, at when they were running more of a three, four at Vandy. Um, hold on. I'm starting that segment again. Yeah. You know, I really like Alston Orgy because he's a guy who came in at about 215. He's up to 240 now, and he's really solidified a position for himself in the middle of this defense. He came in as an outside linebacker, and I think we all saw the athleticism that he had. And he does a really good job of bringing that to, uh, you know, like I said, being sort of the quarterback of the defense. And I think that one of the things that, like we were saying about Ted Roof, is he he puts guys in position to win and orgy's you know athleticism uh he could use that in a lot of you know really clever ways i think of you know when, when i think of those app state teams you know they weren't afraid to bring a couple linebackers and drop an end out into coverage and i could see him having an impact uh as a blitzing middle linebacker which you don't see a ton but someone like chris or up at Wisconsin last season had 10 and a half sacks from the inside linebacker position. I could see him having a similar effect here for the Commodores. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just got a guy, he's a guy that has a knack for the football. I mean, he's going to be a force there in the, in the middle of the defense and uh, he can do a lot of things. You, you said, you know, I call that guy, the Swiss army knife. He could be, he could potentially be the Swiss army knife of this Vandy defense. And, and that's a term you'll hear me, use a lot throughout the course of the show because I think it's important to have a guy like that. That's a Swiss army knife and that can do a lot of different things. And, you know, offensively, you know, a Swiss army knife is kind of like your slot receiver, outside receiver, running back, the guy that runs jet sweep stuff and the, the, the guy that motions into the backfield, but can play outside receiver as well and would probably play center if you asked him to. But um, Alston orgy, you know, getting back on topic here, Matt, but uh, Austin Orgy is someone that 
can make a lot of noise, make some big plays, and he he can get you an interception. He can put pressure on the quarterback, and he can just play his base technique and, and be a force in the run game because they they, they shift the they shift the front around uh, too. So like he may not be head up with a guard every time it like you would know in a base three four. Sometimes they have a tendency to almost do a three three stack with the weak with the weak overload or with the field boundary overload. So um, he's one of those guys that can play the outside stack, the inside stack. I mean he's very versatile. I guess is I guess is a short way of saying everything I just said. He's a versatile player. Yeah, and I think the same could be said about uh, his little brother, Anthony Orgy, who uh, is a uh, redshirt freshman safety who could uh, be primed to break out. Uh, he's a guy who has that same athleticism as his brother does, but at a little bit of a slimmer build. And I think that you know, uh, Vandy fans can expect a lot out of these two brothers for the next couple seasons. Yeah, I mean, with with Anthony, they're going to have to with his build and just kind of where he was position wise. You know, coming coming in as an outside linebacker, they're going to probably have to get a little more creative with him. He might kind of actually be. I don't know. I don't know where he fits right now. Ted Roof is going to have to kind of figure that out because, you know, you have Brendan Harris who, I mean, Brendan Harris could play deep safety too. Um, he's athletic enough to do so. So he's a little bit more versatile and he gives you a little bit more uh, leeway as far as what are you going to do with Anthony Orgy. And, and Anthony Orgy could play that low safety or if they go into their uh, three three five looks, you know, Orgy can play that that box, that edge box, uh, defense, extra defensive back. I call it the dog position. Uh, but he could play that dog position, and you could have uh, Brendan Harris playing the other dog position, and you could have somebody that's kind of more of a center field player playing that deep, deep single high safety. So uh, there's a lot of different things you can do. And, and what we've seen from Ted Roof throughout his career, and you described the best, he's a chameleon. He kind of blends his scheme. He doesn't really have a true identity, which in a weird way, sometimes it works. It's a big gamble because sometimes it doesn't, which if I'm a Vandy fan, it, it, it makes me nervous um, to think that, hey, you know, this guy, you know, what if he doesn't find that identity? But I think the good news is that you can rest assured with is he's coming into uh, a pretty good defensive system with Derek Mason scheme-wise. You know, he's just got to kind of help him organize developing the players to kind of fit within that scheme and kind of handle the day-to-day -day coordination so that Derek Mason can be the head coach again um, as, and not spread himself too thin. But uh, the point of all that is saying that um, if Ted Roof has two box safeties, he's going to find another. Whoever, who's ever there is going to be playing alongside senior Tay Daly, who is – you know, uh, you know, he started nine games last year, um, was injured for uh, the last three, but he had uh, 57 tackles on the season, three picks, a forced fumble. Um, and I think whoever uh, is there, you, we might see a lot of, you know, three safety look, especially in, um, in, in passing situations. Yeah, absolutely. If it's passing, I mean, you can and you can still get your your three safety look by uh, 
Well, again, like, well, you know, like I think the I think the mantra of this episode is Ted Roof's a chameleon. And so he's going to put the best the guys in the situation that is going to be best for them to succeed. One guy I'm interested in uh, incoming true freshman Donovan Kaufman. He comes from Metairie, Louisiana, a rummel program that is uh, a real powerhouse down there in the state. And he is a freak athlete again at safety. He's going to have so much versatility in the defensive backfield, which, you know, if you are someone who is interested in advanced metrics, you know that what people are realizing more and more is that um, what, you know, the best way to stop an offense that is, you know, a, a pass first offense is not necessarily to rush the passer, but it's actually to have really good coverage. And if you just are going to throw out, you know, if all of your best athletes are on, you know, are, are in the defensive backfield that you're going to have at least some advantage there, especially in the SEC where we have so much talent at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, he's vertically challenged uh, standing at five nine, <laughs> but he he played in a tremendous a high school program. I mean, Louisiana is a great state for high school football as it is, but he plays at, at Archbishop Rummel, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I pronounced that right. You I did. think I did. Um, yes, he did. But that's not some low-level single A, you know, he's obviously the best player on the field type program. There's the competition they play against and uh, everything else considered is tremendous. And you know, I'm watching his highlights right now as we speak, and I watched him earlier, and I'm still impressed. He he made a break on an out on a on an outcut, and uh, you know he's what he really brings to the table is he is showing the ability to to defend slot receivers. He's going to play. I think the the great thing about five nine safeties and the thing that any five nine defensive backs can point to is they can look at the NFL level and say, well, Tyron Matthew is paving the way for short defensive backs that can cover. Because there is actually, and I, I don't want to abuse this word, but there is actually a niche for having a slot corner safety. Oh, yeah, there's a huge niche for it, especially with everything being more and more spread out. Your base defense is is, is a nickel at this point. Yeah, and I think he would be a perfect, uh, because I think he's aggressive enough in, in run support that he could play. In a, in a man-covered scheme uh, from the nickel position. And he can cover those guys. I mean, he could cover a slot receiver. He could cover a tight end. He is not a mismatch. And he, may, and he does a great job. He has great ball skills, great instincts, and he just kind of knows where to go. And he'll be a force in special teams. And he's just an all-around athlete. And, and I think they're going to – you know, they're going to benefit, and he's going to see some early time uh, for sure. He might even crack. I don't know. I don't know if he'll crack the starting lineup from day one uh, because of Tay Daly uh, so, and some of the yeah, other guys. Yeah, especially with an abbreviated summer camp. You, you can't expect uh, a true freshman to come in and, you know, uh, you know, take it from the get go. But my God, is he sudden? I mean, it, he's got quick acceleration. Uh, as soon as he as soon as he makes that decision, I mean, I'm watching a clip where he's playing inside linebacker, um, and he just pile drives somebody. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. Like this kid loves to hit, which some defensive backs you you, you wonder if they even like putting pads on. But this guy um, not only likes putting them on, but he likes using them as well. So I mean, I think he's I think he's kind of that five tool defensive back that Vanderbilt's looking for. And kind of that playmaker that could play that Tyron Matthew role, 
Now, don't get it confused. I'm not comparing him to, to the Honey Badger, who's going to be one of the more successful NFL defensive backs and, 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 a super, and a current Super Bowl champion. But that's kind of the style and role that he plays with because he is super athletic and can make a lot of plays. Uh, no matadors here. No, definitely no, not. No matadors allowed. I think that should be the motto of the defensive back room. No matadors allowed. I thought it was always, I thought it was always the cheesy no fly zone. I mean, come on. We're shouldn't we move on that? Move beyond that at this point. I mean, we should, but that doesn't mean people are going to. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here today on the Believe in Vanderbilt Football podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, Coach Corey. Uh, appreciate you being here. Hope to have you back again real soon. You're welcome, and you know where to find me. That I do. So until next time, to all you door fans out there, anchor down. Anchor down. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.